Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. I'm not too sure about you, but uh, I can feel the tide rising. I feel the tide rising. I feel the river of God rising. I feel the banks that have been put in place. The banks are preparation, prayer, belief, organisation, structure, right people, right places. I feel the tide rising. I feel the river of God starting to flow. I feel the, the sense of the things we've believed for and prayed for across the last couple of years starting to take place. I see faith on the rise. I see people coming into the house of God and being redeemed. I see reconciliation. I see repentance taking place. I see people being forgiven. And it's exciting to be able to witness what's taking place in our church right now. And uh, we've always got to remind ourselves that we do everything unto the Lord. Everything we do is unto the Lord. That we get to witness what God is doing. We get to be a part of what God is doing. But everything is because of him. And this morning, I um, this week I had a, a different message planned, and it wasn't until sort of Friday night, I really sensed that God was leading me in a different direction. And I sort of said to God, why couldn't you tell me that on Tuesday? Um, I was actually watching the cricket, and he was watching the cricket lately. Hey, all spiritual things happen when you watch the cricket, guys. Make sure you get on the cricket. Bless the Aussies. Uh, but I was watching the cricket. I just really had a little sense in my heart that God's shaping in a river different direction, that Yes, we, we celebrate all that's taking place in our worlds right now, in our church right now, in our families right now, yet we also got to remind ourselves of how it all started and how we activate the river and the flow of God. And I really felt like, God, now I'm going to give you the, the catchphrase or the, the, the direction where we're going right now so that you in your own heart can prepare yourself for where we're going today. And I'm going to give you a bit of the destination, like you can top into Google Maps right now, where we're going today, and then we're going to sort of follow the blue road wherever it goes. Um, it's always a dangerous thing when the pastor doesn't have any notes he's preaching from, because we could be taking a few detours along the way. But certainly, I want us to remind ourselves of our need to come desperately to Jesus. A desperation. You know, so much of our world is safe, secure, organised, placed in a box, compartmentalised, ready to go. And I just really felt in my heart today to remind us all we are to come to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, with a desperation each and every day. A desperation. A reminder that He is God and we are not. A reminder of our great need of a saviour, a reminder that each and every time we come into his presence, it is a gift, it is a precious gift that we get to do, not that we have the right necessarily to do. Yes, we've been given permission to come to the King of Kings boldly, into his courts, into his throne with a boldness, but we ought to be reminded of the sacredness of these holy moments, that this house is a sacred house. It's why I'm big on making sure we enter into the house with the right kind of posture. It's why I'm actually pretty big on when we come into worship, 
if we're just scrolling our phones and doing our own little thing, it's probably sending a pretty direct message that, hey, have we lost the desperation? If we've got this sort of sense in our hearts where I'll just rock up at 10.15 ready, we've probably lost the desperation. And if we're wanting the river to flow as we believe in and wanting it to do, I've got this real sense in my heart that we've got to remind ourselves of how we actually activate, how we get to see that actually come into fruition. And that's with a desperation, I believe, that God's calling us to do. And so why don't we pray this morning? Um, we're going to sing a song later on, um, the King of Jesus. Um, no, sorry, it's not the King of Jesus, King Jesus. It happens to be one of my most favourite songs, actually, because it's a song that just glorifies and lifts him up and reminds us of who he is. And we're going to sing that song at the end, but we're going to go through a piece of scripture today that talks about the desperation and how we come to Jesus this morning. And so prepare yourself. We're going to be up on our legs, legs a little bit. We're going to be up on our feet. We're going to be out of chance to now sing a bit more. But before that, I want us to go through a bit of scripture around coming desperately to King Jesus this morning. Let me close our eyes. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you're doing right now. We thank you for every single life that's coming through these doors right now. God, we thank you that you are at work, that you're always at work, that you're a speaking God, that you're a moving God, that you are a God that we get to be able to lift up here today, that you're accessible, Lord Father, you are available, Lord Father, and that you love when your people come to your throne room and sing praises to you here today. So God, today we praise you, we glorify you. Why? Because you're worthy of that here today. Come on, just want me to stir up a bit of an atmosphere here today. You know, I've got your own words here today. Holy Spirit, we thank you for what you're doing right now. And I pray for heaven's windows to be flung wide open in this place, Lord Jesus. God, we have a pre-commitment to come desperately to your throne room right now. We thank you for all that you're doing. God, we thank you for all that you've done. But God, we lean into what you are doing now and what you are going to be doing. God, we humble ourselves here today. Well, the men even right now, I would encourage you, with your eyes closed, as representatives of your households, we humble ourselves. We surrender ourselves. We repent. God, we turn away from our sins and we run towards you. Holy Spirit, come and have your way here in this place, we pray. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in Jesus' mighty name. And all the good people said... Amen, amen, amen. All right, if you've got your Bibles here today, uh, we are going to dive into a piece of Scripture. I'm going to do a short, well, I say the word short. Short's a bit, uh, you know, give your own description of what short looks like. Uh, short for a pastor sometimes is not so short for everyone else. But I'm going to give a Scripture here that I want to write, read through. I'm going to do a quick little Bible study actually here today. Is that all right? I know for some of you guys, it's the first time you open up Bibles this week. Um, don't feel bad about that. Just make sure we actually get into it. So we're actually going to read through Scripture because it is powerful. And so Mark chapter 5 is a phenomenal piece of Scripture. Jesus has just started his ministry. Um, he's just gone to a few different places and started interacting with people. And uh, he encounters a few people um, along his way in Mark chapter 5. And we're going to pick it up from verse 21 here this morning. And uh, my title of my Bible says, Jesus heals in response to faith. Jesus heals in response to faith. So it says, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Again, I'm going to quickly just walk through a bit of scripture with you and, and show you what I do sometimes when I'm walking through scripture. 
Now, I often actually ask questions to myself along the way. I ask questions of Scripture. I ask questions of what's happening, what's going on, why is, why is this thing happening during the time? And what that does is actually good to ask questions. Why? Because you get a deeper understanding. Why? Because that understanding will lead to a revelation. We don't read the Bible just to get information. We read the Bible to ask questions to actually understand, what is God trying to say? What's, what's, what's the revelation point for me right now? And so I ask this question about, well, what was wrong with the side Jesus was on? What was he doing? What was, what was so significant that he had to get on the boat to go to the other side to where he was? And we read the answer to those questions actually is before this particular um, verse right now, where we look at the, uh, what's happening in chapter 5. He's actually just finished healing a demon-possessed man. He's healed a, a man that's been harassed for many, many years. And what's happening right now is that Jesus has done the healing and then the people of the area, they get a bit freaked out. They get not too sure what's going on and they actually said, hey, we don't like what you're doing right now. And there's a bit of talk amongst some of the Jewish um, leaders of the time. They start pointing their bony little finger at him and saying, hey, this is not good. You're causing a bit of disruption right now. And they actually say in verse 17, don't worry, Nick, don't have it right now. But verse 17 says, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and to leave them alone. May we never be a church, individuals that actually reject the power and move of God. We ought to be in a place where we lean into that and not get scared by that kind of thing. Our world is desperate for this kind of stuff, by the way. And a part of the river of God is that there is actually an uncontrollable force, that he is in control, we're not. And what happens right now is that people are rejecting him. So what does Jesus do? All right, I'm going to go somewhere I am accepted. And so he jumps on the boat and he goes to a place where there's actually a crowd that's desperate, that's hungry, that's ready for him. I'm praying that we'll be on that side of the, of the lake where we are desperate, we're hungry, we're willing for God to be able to move. This happens at an individual level. Now, I'm declaring this upon our church. This actually happens at an individual level where we say, God, upon me, my home, my family, my children, I'm willing, I'm desperate for a move of God. I'm desperate for, for all that God's doing. Can I actually be, make a little phrase point there? I've just used the word move of God. I believe we're in a move of God. You might say, well, it's different to what I imagine it to be. That's okay. Don't just think about what previous moves of God are exactly what this new move of God will be. I think we're in here. I think we're in the flow of it right now. And so don't, again, box God into what the move of God is. Remember, he's God, we're not. <laughs> Let's go with the flow. All right, so. And they says, go to, um, to uh, gather on the shore um, around him. Then there was a leader of a local synagogue whose name was Jairus, and he arrived. So there's all these people... And then there's this leader of the local synagogue. And the leader of the local synagogue, he probably wasn't a rabbi. He was probably just a, he was someone that was very well known. He would have been the guy that would have been making sure that the synagogue was in order. He would have had the scrolls in place. He would have had the right people um, on the rosters. He would have had sure that there was, there was order and organisation and a readiness for the synagogue to be opened. And he would have been really well known. And what else would he would have been? He would have been known as a bit of the face of, I guess, some of the Jewish... Uh, Pharisees of the time as well. Well, these, well, these leaders would have gone into the area. And so 
he would have been in a place where he would have been in the face of some of the bony, pointing kind of nature of the, the leaders during the time, the people who were in disagreement with what Jesus was doing, the, people, the kind of people who were plotting and planning to be able to kill Jesus during the time. And he might not necessarily be in the exact person having seen these things, but because of his position, because of his title, because of his status, he would have been the representative of that. So who knows that he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Has anyone ever been in the wrong place at the wrong time before? I'll never forget um, Will Younger, and I used to sneak in for my mates, and we used to go down to Parramatta Event Cinema, and once you got past that first person who used to rip the tickets, and what a job that is, by the way. Like, imagine that being your job. What do you do? I just rip tickets for every living. And they're usually like 13 years of age, and they're like weigh 14 kilos, and so we used to just walk past them. And um, what happened was that we used to go in there, and we just sneak in there at like 9 a.m., and we'd just watch for free like 10 movies the whole day. It's like, this is the best way to watch movies ever. And uh, I'm not condoning it, by the way. I'm just saying that's what I used to do. But one day, we used to do it three or four times during school holidays, and word must have got out somehow, someone must have dobbed on us, and the ticket guy um, with his big mate, the, the boss, actually came in and probably noticed that we'd been at the cinemas for like 11 hours straight, and uh, said, hey, where's your ticket? And I said, we don't have a ticket, we've got no ticket, sorry. And they kicked us out. Um, we got a bit of a ban and all that kind of stuff happening right now. But we were at the wrong place at the wrong time, and Jairus was probably at the wrong place at the wrong time. Because of who he was, he shouldn't have been in that sort of crowd. He shouldn't have been in that sort of place. But who knows that when things in your world are taking place, particularly on the home front, titles mean absolutely nothing. Hey? And there was a circumstance in his home that was taking place that he was like, I'm throwing all that off right now and I'm going to the one who I believe can make a difference in my home. And interesting enough, he would have known about all the rituals, all the practices, all the, all the, all the law that was taking place. And he was the representative of it. And yet what takes place right now is that he says, I'm flinging all that to the side because I've heard about this man named Jesus. I've heard about what he's doing, what he's saying. And says, when he saw Jesus, I love this, he fell at his feet. He fell at his feet. That's a physical posture. And you ask him, Dan, do we have to be that church that has to kneel at our feet every single time we open up our mouth about the name of Jesus? I'm not saying that, but it's also a heart posture. We fall at our feet before God, pleading fervently, saying, my little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. Heal her so that she can live. I love the faith of the man. Hey, I've heard something about you. Would you come and be the difference? Man, this is in front of a whole crowd. It was actually probably pretty embarrassing for him to have to come and do that. He would have had to humble himself. He would have had to be able to surrender some of what he should have been doing in order to come to Jesus in this way. And it says, verse 24, Jesus went with him. Can I encourage you here this morning? Jesus goes with you. He is God, Emmanuel, God with us. His eyes are upon every single one of you. He hears your prayers. He's with you along the journey. And I love that as, as Jairus is activating himself, as Jairus is turning his faith on, as Jairus is getting himself set on fire, what's happening right now, watch this, 
than all the people followed. Those around him were impacted by this as well. Those were around him were, were inquiring at what was going to be taking place. You know, I had, I had a coffee with somebody this week and they were simply telling me about how they're just watching and seeing God move in their world right now. And I was so encouraged by this fact that as they were sharing about what's happening as well on two or three different occasions, they've simply just been saying, hey, I've been going to church. I've been, been able to get into my word. I've been able to see a community grow around me. I've been able to see God at work. I'm, I believe in God. And, and just in very everyday kind of language, just sharing about how God has just been working and moving in, and that, that he is the King of kings, the Lord of lords, that he is this, this, their saviour. And interestingly, they're now having a testimony that as they've been doing this, those around them are starting to say, hey, can I, can I come to church with you? Can I hear about this, this, this guy named Jesus? Can I, can I start to be able to learn about this? And she's on the phone, and they're, 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 on, they're in conversation, they're in the car. And, and, and what we're seeing is as she's activating her world in faith and seeing God move, those around her are also doing the same thing. Let that be the testament that we see over and over and over and over again. So all the people started to follow, crowding around him. And so Jairus is in a place where he's thinking, all right, like, I can't wait to get to my wife. I've, I've gone out, I've hunted, I've gathered, I've got Jesus. I've, he's on his way. Like, you know, the crowds, he's probably trying to push the crowds out of the way this time and say, hey, get out of the way. Jesus, come on through. My house is just over there. We're not too far away. Come and see my little girl. And then we start to see the plot change. We start to see the situation change because a woman comes along and what is commonly known as the great interruption or the miracle within the miracle that this woman takes the attention of Jesus. And I actually love the fact that that this woman who, we don't know her name, we don't know her story, we don't necessarily know her age, all we know is that she's defined by her issue. That's all we know. We know about Jairus as being the, the very prominent, very powerful, very um, person of, of stature. And this woman is, would be the complete opposite. She was actually rejected. She was a cast out. She was no longer allowed to be the kind of person she once was because of her issue. And I love that Jesus equally responds to the person of stature, of status, as much as she does, as he does to the person of rejection. And it doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, what your postcode says, what your education level is, how tall, how short you are, who your mum, who your dad was, doesn't matter any of those things, you can come to Jesus. And this woman had a desperation about who she was because she had a sense of like, hey, just like Jairus wanted to say, if I can just get close to Jesus, if I can just desire Jesus, if I can just get desperate enough, I can come and encounter something that's powerful. This woman in the crowd. We're in a bit of a crowd right now. You might feel like the sense of, hey, I'm a bit like that woman. I'm kind of like in a crowd, but I know exactly what's going on in my world. I love how Jesus, he, he sees the individuals in the crowd. Yeah? You're not lost. So a woman in the crowd suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. My head also goes just into questioning and scripture and starts a bit of imagination. We know this little girl, she's 12 years of age. This woman, she's been bleeding for 12 years. It's been her issue. My head goes to, there must have been some sort of like medical centre or some sort of hospital or some sort of place you'd go to during those times to get help. 
You know, we know that Luke, who was a doctor, they, they, they would have operated for some sort of place. And my, my head goes to within probably a couple of weeks or a couple of months, these two individuals would have been in a very similar kind of place. You see, one was walking out with a little baby with his wife, and the other one was walking out with a piece of paper or some sort of diagnosis saying, hey, your life's changed forever. We can't help you. And in a moment, the degrees of separation from that very one moment, again, we see God moving in both of those stories. So it says she had suffered a great deal from many doctors, and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay for them, but she had gotten worse. Sorry, she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. When I think about this, this is the picture of our world. People looking for things of the world, hoping and searching and desiring relationships and money and status and substances. When our last week we spoke about this idea of, of living free and how we can, 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 can some, some self-medicate the pain in our wells and we go looking for the wrong kind of um, uh, options for, for what we're actually desiring. But this is the picture of our world. The people go, again, they go looking for the wrong relationship. If I just swipe left, I might feel something and get through the day. If I just take this kind of substance and, and it'll make me feel something different for the moment. And what happens is that, just like this woman experienced, they actually get worse during the time. But she heard about Jesus. <laughs> she heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. She heard about Jesus. See, in the Greek, it's actually, she heard about the surroundings about Jesus. She would have heard about how this guy, John the Baptist, started declaring that he was the Son of God, that he was the Lamb of God, that he was the one that we've been waiting for. She would have heard about the fact that he's, she's, he's just gone and healed a man that was being harassed. He, she would have heard about all the miracles and, and the talkings and this man that was different about who he was. She heard about these things and something leapt up on the inside of her and said, you know what, I know I've been to all the doctors, I'm in all the places right now, I've tried every single thing, but I've heard about Jesus and now there's a faith that gets leapt up on the inside. Who knows that, that we receive faith by? by hearing? But also who knows that faith is dead without, without works, without action? And so we've got to be in the place where we are surrounding ourselves, we are positioning ourselves in the pathway to be able to receive the Word. This is why atmospheres and environments matter. This is why church matters. This is why kids' ministry matters. This is why our youth ministry matters. We've got to find ourselves in a place where we can hear the Word, but also then something not just heard it. No, she didn't actually get healed after she heard it. But what she did, she activated and she came to where Jesus was. She went to a place where she did not belong. She went to a place where she would push through the crowds. She went to a place where there was an activation of her faith. So, so she heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. Again, I wonder, what are people hearing about Jesus around us? <laughs> what are people hearing in our families? What do our kids hear about Jesus? What are our colleagues hear about Jesus? What do the people in the cafe hear about Jesus? There was something about hearing about Jesus that sparked something in this woman said, you know what, I'm going after this. I want to be able to encounter this, that he will be the difference. And this led to a faith in her. 
They went from hearing. She went up to him. It's verse 28. Before she thought to herself. So the hearing led to an action, led to a thinking of, I wonder if I can just touch his robe. I wonder if I can get close enough. There'll be a healing take place. She heard, she thought, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. And immediately the bleeding stops and she could feel her body, in her body, that she had been healed of this terrible condition. Let's skip down to verse 32. But he kept on looking around her. This is after Jesus experienced the fact that there was a, a healing that took place. He looked around her. So he looked around and he couldn't necessarily see her. So he's asking, where, where is this person who's touched me? Verse 33. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realisation of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. When I read this initially, this word frightened, I was like, well, I want to look more into this. And this word frightened is actually very different to our understanding of being frightened. This understanding of being frightened is actually more the fact that she's in this amazement of what has just taken place in her body. That this thing that she'd hoped for for 12 long years had now actually happened where she's been healed, where she's been blown away, where she's in awe of what has actually taken place in her world personally. This word frightened, this word trembling, actually, it's a similar kind of language that we hear and read about in Isaiah 6 when Isaiah comes before the Lord and says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. This is the same kind of language that has been used right now where I'm not scared of you, Jesus, but I'm just in absolute amazement of who you are and what you've done. I wonder if we can get this trembling, this awe, this fear of God, this real sense in our hearts that He is holy and He is doing a work that's magnificent. Realization of happened to her, came to her knees and fell before him. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. You know, Ali, the other day, she, she posted something, or she sent me a message of something of, remember what the days we prayed for, what we're now experiencing. And uh, she sent me a picture of Ivy and Ollie uh, playing in a playground. And... I sat there and I was reminded of the fact that what that picture represented, we prayed for the best part of 10 to 12 years. And Ali just had this moment where she was just in awe and recognition of, hey, these are the days we prayed for. These are the days we prayed for. This woman would have had a faith in her. It was like, hey, I'm believing for this situation to change. And again, she's brought to her knees and said, this is the day I prayed for. This is what we prayed for. This is what we believe for. And she goes on this journey of then then healed. And some of you guys right now might be thinking, I'm going to ask the band to come back up. What what happened to Jairus? Well, Jairus, in a moment when she receives her healing, he then gets news that his daughter dies. And again, it's the contrasts, the story. But it's also acknowledging the fact that Jesus was still at work. Jesus was still at work. He was still going. He went to the house and he called for her dead body to come to life again and she was resurrected in that moment and so in this chapter we read about the fact that Jesus goes on the lines of setting people free I'm so glad that we worship a God that saves us but also sets us free he then goes and heals someone of their sickness he then goes and resurrects someone from the dead all these things are an example of God's power and what God was doing
and we celebrate the outcomes of these stories. We celebrate the outcomes of the healing, of the freedom, of the resurrection, and rightly so. But what jumped out to me in these scriptures, and maybe we can stand to our feet as I talk right now. What jumped out to me in these scriptures was the fact that there was a desperation that activated these things taking place. There was a leaning in. There was a desire. There was a desperation that was taking place. Jairus, he saw his daughter healed. We thank God for that. But it started with him coming on his knees, begging at Jesus' feet. We saw the fact that the woman was healed of her, of her, of her issue. But first what took place was the fact that she came to his feet. She pushed through. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.